Hey, it's Josh Williams here, guys, and welcome to a bonus episode of the One Man Podcast. Uh, we're trying something different. We got a, a house guest this week here at uh, Casa de Absolute Comedy. House guest. House guest. Yeah, we have Trix. Comedian Trix is here with me. Yay. Yeah. And so uh, with this, this is a, a bonus episode. And uh, the One Man Podcast is me talking about what's going on with me and my life and things like that. Uh, if I do one of these bonus episodes, I'm going to be talking about my guest. It's not really going to be about me. And I know that disappoints so many people. Uh, you know, I'm disappointed. Yeah, but I, I've got tricks here. Tricks. We've, uh, we've been buddies. We were chatting. We probably spent the last two and a half hours, three hours, just right. talking shit about comedy, we were. about life, right? The lessons we <laughs> learn, the things we do, all that fun stuff. And I figured, well, why don't we just... You know, make something that everyone can yeah, hear. Yeah, record. Hear. Let's record stuff so yeah. all everyone can hear the shit we're talking about. Though. Absolutely. So <laughs> uh, I guess the, the the thing to start with, and really not much of an interview. I like talking, but to structure yeah. it a little. What uh, Do you mind if we start with like how you got into comedy? I mean, you sure. tour all over the place now. You've been all over the world doing stand-up, but what? how did it start for you? Um, no, you know what? I was actually a club MC for a while. Yeah. And then, and then I morphed into a DJ. And then DJing led me to radio. Okay. And I think, I think I've always wanted to be a comic because even when I was young, I used to watch like, uh, you know, Delirious. I used to watch old Def Jam tapes. Right. I used to watch all that stuff. And I used to actually like practice in the shower. Oh, yeah? So I, 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 knew, I knew it was coming. It was just having the balls to do it. You okay. know what I mean? So I, I remember even finding out finally how to like get into like uh, yuck yucks. I remember John Avery, who used to be like a running back. Okay. For uh for the Toronto Argos. Uh he got he did comedy and I asked him how he like how he got into Yuck Yucks amateur night and he told me how to do it. And I remember calling Yuck Yucks and I don't know who the fuck answered the phone, but uh she was the worst person. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it was like I asked her, okay, what do you do to you know, how, what's the process of if you want, if you're an amateur and you wanted to get into amateur night? And I remember her going, yeah, you do this, you call this number, say your name, and then you call back the next day, and then you see if you made the list or whatever. Oh, okay. It's pretty much that simple. And then she, and then she should have just stopped talking there. But then she was like, you know what? But just so you know, understand, like, um, Jim Carrey and, um, Jerry Seinfeld, they've been booed before. So don't be offended mm. if you get booed. And I'm like, that's the worst thing you could say to she someone. She was setting you up for like, get get ready for what it feels like to fail. You know what? I think the sentiment was there, but it just right. wasn't the time. Like, I, you don't tell me that. Like, yeah. you know, I'm not going to, you know, that's like, that's like right before surgery, you know? Yeah. Uh, no one bats a hundred. <laughs> don't, you know, like, you know, as soon as they, like, as soon as they put the thing on your face to, to knock you out, by the way, uh, this guy uh, hasn't had a successful surgery, so we're hoping you're the one. All right, yeah, bye. Yeah. Is this you your know first I mean? time like, having heart surgery? It's the doctors, too. Yeah, but okay, <laughs> good night. Like, like, you know what, what I mean? Like, don't do that. that. Don't, don't do uh, that. Uh, yeah, that's tough, man. And so, but I mean, I guess obviously you got in that first time. I, I did. I, I just, you know what? I brought a shitload of my friends, man. I just brought a yeah. shitload of my friends and they all came to support because I used to practice jokes on them. Like right. after, after work at the club, like after I'd finished DJing and wait to get paid, I would literally, they, we would all be sitting waiting to be paid and I'd literally crack jokes. Yeah, man. So that's the best. Like I never, I talked in my very last episode about like why I actually think I started comedy and I've never told that story. 
uh, ever. I've never understood that story until I told it in the last episode. Uh, episode number five for anyone who's just checking in on the <laughs> tricks episode. They go, what episode would that be? We have no idea what this fits in the timeline. Fifth episode. Yeah, yeah, fifth episode of the One Man Podcast. I talk about what got me started in stand-up, uh, which is a ridiculously long story, and I won't tell it again. But the idea was basically- Is there I, a short version to the story? The short version is I had a very ludicrous- uh, feeling that I was going to die. I thought I had an ailment that I never got checked. What weed did you smoke? Dude, no, I'm just- That, that sounds huge, like weed right there. I'm just totally, I'm like the worst <laughs> kind of hypochondriac. I'm like, the, I really thought that I had, like, I had cancer and I thought I was going to die. Oh, that was good weed. Dude, <laughs> cancer <laughs> that weed. That was good weed <laughs> to think you're dying Tennessee right now. Tennessee tumor. No, I, I thought, well, no, I didn't think I was dying at the moment. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was like, I thought I had cancer and it just was undiagnosed right. and I didn't want to go get the diagnosis. So that's the short version. So in that thinking I was my days were numbered I stopped doing my shitty sales job and started doing stand-up I never thought that was, I, I thought I was just unhappy at work all this time and it wasn't until last last week when I started thinking about how like my medical shit was going at the time that's pretty that, that's, that I was like holy shit man. yeah it's like that story right when someone gets the diagnosis you think you're gonna die you go into stand-up nah I, well, you just I, I would have robbed the bank think. or some shit <laughs> no I'm being serious like if I think if I'm convinced I'm gonna die I'm doing something crazy I, if I thought I had six months to live I think I would die robbing the bank I'm, so I'm like yeah I'm gonna just it's uh, either that or, or or like just grab a woman on the street and Say hey man, you know. <laughs> Grab a woman and say hey man. No, I'm not. I'm not doing that. That's horrible. But no, like, uh, no, I probably rob a bank. <laughs> what? Why for, not? For me, it was just I think I was face to face with with my mortality, even though it was undiagnosed. So yeah. I'm going like I think I have something. I'm scared to find out. And and because I was so upset, I was enjoying more and more going to stand up shows. And when we were doing amateur, watching amateur shows, oh, my okay. friends were I, 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 pushing well, me. And I like think that, in I the it. back of my head, I was just like, well, if my days are numbered and I hate my life now why not take a chance with what's left of it so the thing is as stupid as it was for so long i like i said if i hadn't gotten uh if i had gone and got checked out and found out there was nothing maybe it never would have been the push that i needed to actually take a chance and do something well at least you're doing it yeah so now it's fine but now i gotta reap the the repercussions of not taking care of myself physically sucks you're not dying anymore yeah i guess now you're in it (laughs) for real i was uh, i used to be a lot hungrier back then for comedy jesus um but uh anyways back to you yeah and so that was that was the thing for me that pushed me and i didn't realize so recently what got me i like this view like i i'm staring out the window and i've already seen two of the strangest things ever oh yeah this place is i saw a baby squirrel a baby squirrel like just fucking running around and now the woman with the worst wig ever (laughs) just walked by right after i can't wait to see what's next that's what happens here that's part of my podcast is i put you in front of a window and i show weird just the strange things that are happening outside that's great focus on you while other people's shit is going on if it was just a bit windier that wig would have was coming off i promise you (laughs) was it like those shitty fucking cartoon ones where they blow she's rushing to her car because she knows it's like moments from like revealing the (laughs) sadness she's got to get like the polydent equivalent for her fucking see a woman just tripped on the curb this is great this is this is this is great it's a shame this isn't a video fucking podcast or it could just be like mystery science theater the two of us did you plan like did you plan like all of this do you do this every like you put these people I to spare, walk by I spare no expense and see what the comedian could come up with and that's what it is <laughs> every week i will put another comedian same people same actors are going to do the same thing we'll see what they come up with. it'd be funny yeah. if like one of them was quitting and they walked in here and like you know what josh I, it's, I don't need this i don't need to be tripping every <laughs> fucking thursday <laughs> that's the hospital there's so many hospital workers around there are yeah and speaking of that hospital shit yeah, yeah your first timers <laughs> jesus so that was cool so you okay. just you tried it yucks mm-hmm. how was it was there any like um I mean, it sounds a little ridiculous to say, but were there any big milestones that you remember early on that really made a difference for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what? I got to do cool things before comedy. You know what I mean? Like, I got to, 
I got to host, and I still do. I got to host hip hop concerts. Nice. Um, and and when you're a club MC, you're in front of you know sometimes some of the, the clubs were were two thousand people, especially during like you know uh, events like in Toronto, like Caravana and stuff like that. Like right. you're doing big parties, right? And you're doing them alongside celebrities. You're doing them, you know, with some of your favorite people. So I got to do cool things early. So the 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 transition into comedy was was I'm, I don't want to say easy, right? It was easy in terms of having stage presence and being in front of people. That didn't bother me. It's it's what came out of my mouth that bothered me. Right. And 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 comedy for me, like, bruh, I'm you know, the first two years, three years I'll even say, you're just worried about being funny. Yeah. You don't even care about the etiquette. Like I, I remember my first year, I stole a joke. Oh yeah? For the first year. Do you remember the joke? Yeah, I do. It was a good joke. Do you too. want to share it? Maybe not necessarily the joke. I can tell you who I stole it from too. I can tell you everything. Yeah, because I stole it from. If you like. Yeah, I stole it from a a comic named Matt Sherry. Holy shit, I know Matt. Yeah, I stole it from him. I remember I was sitting with Ron Jossel or I was watching this joke and he said, I I remember the joke word for word. It was right when Barack Obama was running against Hillary. Okay. And um, and she lost that one too. Fuck, bro. Poor Hillary. Anyway, um, first a black man, then a fucking. Donald Trump. Anyway, so he goes, I wish, the joke was, I kind of wish Hillary won. Right. Because Barack Obama winning just perpetuates the stereotype that black men beat white women. Fuck. So it was so good. That was so good. And I'm like, man, you know those jokes where you listen to, you're like, man. Yeah, why didn't I think of that? I'm like, (laughs) but I'm, you know, like I said, in your first year, right? Like Mm -hmm. you don't, you don't think of the etiquette. So I stole it. I'm not going to, I could admit that now. And uh, I remember the ramifications that came with it. You know, I didn't, I didn't put it on a DVD or anything like that. I did it like, I'm going to say I did it like maybe three times, but those were three times enough for people to be like, Hey, that's yeah. Matt Shuri's joke. Yeah. And you know, you know, the taboo in the comedy community. Man. That's like you, the cardinal sin is, is the it thievery, is, yeah. you know, it's like, you might as well just go in someone's house and rob them. Right. So, um, I got the, the 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 reputation of being the joke thief. You only got to do it once to have yeah. that reputation. Uh, I never did it again, but uh, it stuck with me for a while, and I'll never forget the ramifications of it. <laughs> so I, I that's the first thing I preach to like new comics. I'm like, you're gonna you're it, it, the first year, man. Second, you just think about being funny. You don't care about the the the, the rules and the ethics of comedy you just want to be you want to go out there and kill and it's going to encourage you to make bad decisions just whatever you do man do not go to comedy shows with the intent to steal people's shit no and don't do that we've tried to warn over the years uh whenever someone's coming like because i run the open mic mondays at absolute is whenever new people ask me questions and stuff i just tell them look you don't have to audition for the spot once you get the spot you don't have to audition yeah you don't have to run anything by me just know that you live and die on that stage alone for six minutes so anything you want to talk about you can right but you wear it yourself and we tell them too that it's got to be six minutes of original material and i say because you might be a huge fan of comedy and none of your friends are into it as much as you are but know that once you come into this room the other comedians in this room we are also comedians you got to be careful though especially now yeah because we know that joke is like the audience might not even know it's a joke that's lifted but the rest of us know because we have that kind of we that 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 people can steal our jokes and there's no ramifications in terms of like legal recourse i tell people we have like that benefit that we can go on stage 
And on TV, if they want to make fun of Walmart, they got to mm-hmm. change the name of it or something. We can walk out on stage and go, hey, I was at Walmart and Walmart did this and Walmart. So right. we, we have that freedom to be able to call someone out like a celebrity or a business by name mm-hmm. in front of hundreds of people. The, the downside to that particular freedom is the fact that anything that we say, you change one or two words and now it's not our joke anymore. There's no copyrights or whatever. No, so whatever we say, careful. yeah. Can and be and the social media now, like when I did it, um, social media wasn't what it is now. Right. So now the minute you do stuff like that, that hits social media in, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And, and you're seeing, like, I think there was one time last month or two months ago where every day I was opening my Facebooks, uh, some comedian was calling out another comedian. Yeah. Uh, and, and putting, and, and even showing you, like, now they can show you, um, the, 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 like, the fevery. There was one guy in particular. It was kind of funny though. Like, I kind of laughed. I saw this, uh, I don't know if you saw it. It was like this dude who does a podcast. Okay. And there was a guy who was ripping off Mitch Mullaney jokes. Oh. Okay. Like verbatim. Mitch Mullaney or John Mullaney? No, Mitch. Mitch. I think his name is Mitch Mullaney. I, I could be wrong. Okay. It's Mitch something. But he's, he's, he's known. Right. Known enough. Right, right, right. And I think that comic passed away. Oh. So not Mitch Heckberg. Not him. Right, of course. We all know who he is. I think his name was Mitch Mullaney. I could be wrong. Okay. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, then some comment. Well, John Mulaney hasn't passed away. So it's not John. It's not John. His name was Mitch something. Okay. Uh, And this guy was like legit doing his jokes. Like, I'm not going to say rip him off. He was doing his jokes. He was doing his jokes. And was this after he passed away? Like, guy died. Like, he died, so he just took his shit, right? So he's an amateur comic, right? And and, and basically, um, this dude wanted to expose him. So he put together this, this compilation. So what he'd do, he would show the comic, and then he would show Mitch. And it's, I mean, even down to the mannerisms he took. So they wanted to expose, and I, I don't really uh, agree with piling on a comedian, right? But the way it was done was kind of funny. So basically, what happened was he <laughs> the set school up, bus fire was fun to watch, kind of thing. This one was because <laughs> okay. it's like it's almost justice, but in, a, in an awesome way. So what he did was he set up a podcast, kind of like this. He set up a live podcast, panel style. Okay, and he led the, that comic to believe that he was a guest. So this was at, I think it was in the comedy store. Uh, they ambushed them. It, oh, it ambushes putting it mildly. <laughs> so it, the, the whole audience is comics because right. they knew this was happening, oh, God. right? Fuck. So the whole audience is comics. So this guy comes in and he, you know, thinking he's a guest, you know, and this cool podcast, awesome audience. Right. And the guy did, the, the host didn't even waste time. Didn't even waste time. He was like, <laughs> like, hey, give it up for this guy. Oh, uh, let's, so let's get right into it. So. I was sent an email right away, and he goes that you know you've been lifting jokes from uh, Mitch, whoever, right? And then you can see the comics like, no, I wouldn't do that. And he's like, uh, you wouldn't do that, okay? Because I have a video that shows you know him, his bits, and then your bits, and let's see, and they look ridiculous. So let's watch the video. And then the guy's like, okay, right. we don't have to do that. The comics like we don't have to do that, and he's like, "No, no, we should, we should do that yeah, because you don't lift, you definitely want to exonerate and then, yourself." And then he kind of puts his hand on the mic. He's like, "Okay, dude, that like you could have just talked about this. You didn't have to." Yeah, but that was funny because it's like you're like you're caught, and it's like right. you can't leave. You're like you're you're. It's like the line. You basically, stem. yeah, you've been put on trial. You went to yeah. your own trial that you didn't even you know realize. What I mean? And like the murder weapon was found in your pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like you can't do nothing now, right? And you know you're getting sentenced. The bloody gloves on you, and you had to go record a podcast oh, before the, you got home. You know, and the jury is all comics, and it's like that's the worst. So I was like, you see, 
when I did it, I, I think I got off easy, to be honest with you. I got off easy because I, I had comics that respected me enough to approach me and be like, listen, right. dude, that's so-and-so's joke. Right, yeah. and then obviously you had the you know the the, the murmurs and the the cliques that would talk behind your back negatively, but I didn't get ambushed like that because I did it once, and that's all I needed to know. Like, okay, wow, this is a bad thing to do in this comedy game. Right, right. And then obviously, as the years go by, you learn the etiquette. You when you're on the road with like veterans and you're you, you travel with headliners when you're coming up. You you st- you learn you learn because they, they they talk to you and you pick their brain and they teach you like the the ins and outs of comedy the do's and the don'ts right so right. Yeah, absolutely. so then you learn and now now that I'm like twelve years in I could be like okay you look back on it you're like what well, I was stupid well yeah and the thing is a lot of people don't know stuff early on like we had a kid who signed up for it like before when we were talking about how you're an amateur and you're just trying to get funny I had someone phrase it and I believe I believe it was Nick Carter I don't want to 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 put him responsible shout out for to it. Nick Carter shout out to Nick Carter uh, I think it was Nick who had said that like your first 10 times on stage mean like mean nothing because you're just getting used to walking up on stage talking getting mm-hmm. off doing like you're just getting used to what that's it's like true that's true and not true yeah and then he goes your first hundred times now you're just trying to learn how to to do a joke and to tell a joke and to write a joke and, and make it work okay and then you really start to 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 learn because i mean depending on where you are you can get on a hundred times in a month in toronto mm-hmm. you know what i mean you but get I those think, first hundred out of the way quick i think every time on stage is valuable though because yes, it's especially absolutely. coming up because you're trying to find your voice right like you're trying to Figure out what it is you're trying to say. Yeah, but your first like your first ten times, I think the ten times part is fair. I I, I obviously you're trying to be funny. You don't want to go up and have ten times where all you do is stand there talking. No, no, he's right. Off. I think he's right in a sense that yeah, the the, t- the first ten don't necessarily mean much. Right. I think what he was saying too was just just don't don't set your expectations that you're going to oh, come out and be low. this yeah. monster your first ten times. Your first ten times, if even if I think what he was saying is like kind of what you're saying about the woman who answered the phone mm-hmm. was that her heart was in the right place and maybe the way she was phrasing yeah, was right. But it, ten. <laughs> Times, phrasing. <laughs> yeah, your first ten times don't matter in the sense that don't try to to you know shoot for the moon. Don't don't blame yeah. yourself and, and punish yourself. If you're not you going to be great. famous tomorrow. Yeah, you're just going to get on stage. You're going to talk. You're going right. to leave, and it's your first time. Then your first hundred times. Now you're just trying to find your footing. Now you can pay more attention to the jokes. Yeah, once you start getting that. booked on bigger, like you know, once you start to hit the 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 prominent open mics, and I say prominent open mics because certain mics are better than others, right? Uh, and then you start to, you know, st- club owners start to give you the shot and you start to, you know, split, split middle or or you're, even if you're guest spotting and you're getting that taste of what it's like to do a, a Friday night yeah. at, a, at a real comedy club. And, you, you know, once you start getting gigs like that, then you, then you have to start to really focus on the craft of it and be like, okay, what is it am I trying to say? Like, what kind of comedian am I, am I trying to be? You right. know what I mean? Absolutely. So I agree with, I agree with Nick. It's true. You know? I think, yeah, it's like, it's basically setting these milestones. But one of the things that, um, about the new thing too is like because it's interesting if you were a musician and you mm-hmm. went and you did an open mic and you did somebody like you did covers of songs nobody would say boo everyone knows these songs you do whatever but it's interesting that in stand up yeah. uh, interesting I'm not saying it's right or whatever but in stand up the idea of like well I'm going to go do an open mic and I'm going to tell jokes from comics that I know like these are jokes that I like and I want to share them with you and that's that's the cardinal that's the the, the cardinal sin you have to say that you're doing that's but you have to say you're doing that like you you right. and I don't know what purpose that would serve you if you're like yeah okay I'm going to do a joke that I love from Eddie Murphy's Delirious. Yeah. Um, you covered your tracks by going, okay, this is not my joke. This yeah, is Eddie's joke. Yeah, you didn't joke. take credit for it. But what purpose does that serve you to go up there and, and do covers of other people's jokes? Like, if you're like, I know one guy who used to do George Carlin tribute, but he looked like George Carlin. Right. So he would dress up with the black turtleneck. And he and he looked like it was it was fucking scary as fuck because yeah. he he did George Carlin good. 
And but he but that was his shtick, you know. Yeah. But he also had his own like he, he started off doing his own shit, and then he would end off with a Carlin impersonation, with, a, with an homage to, to to Carlin. Now was he he was doing Carlin's jokes too, right? Yeah. Okay. He, okay. he was doing Carlin. Right. But but he told you that, and then he get he dress up like Carlin. Right. So you knew, okay, he's not stealing Carlin shit. He's told yeah, you. He's, he's, yeah, he's, so he's being honest about it. Yeah, we had, Absolutely. A, we had a kid at a, an open mic here one time who came out, and I guess he had done like two coffee houses at his school. Mm-hmm. So he had performed material, whatever, had these videos on YouTube, and everyone was like, oh, it's great. You should do it. So he signed up to do the show. And How do you do uh, it? well, all he did was uh, Stuart Francis, Mitch Hedberg. Like he didn't. You did he Stuart didn't, Francis? Yeah, dude. That's he, dope. Well, it's, it means he's a comedy fan. He loves stand up comedy. But instead of going out and trying to do his Stuart own thing, Francis is hilarious. Though. He was, yeah, he was doing, uh, I think he told one joke that was original um, at the end. But the mm-hmm. idea was like he, he builds up against everyone invest and he was doing Stuart Francis, Mitch Hedberg, and maybe a couple others. Um, yeah, a nice, nice enough kid. I've met him a few times. But after that first time, we walked up and said, hey, dude, um, we know whose jokes those are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So just a heads up. It's not okay to, to come out and just do other people's material. Like I said, your friends may not know because Stuart Francis is you and I know who he is because we're in the business. But I would imagine that probably unless it's a comedian listening right now, a lot of those people have no idea who Stuart Francis is. So no, you'd Stuart get away Francis from is it. Legend, you better know who yeah, he is. You get away with it because nobody knows well who he is. But uh, you go on stage at a comedy club and now it's you know like it's funny when people you know if they they you know you say you're a comedian and I always get asked you know hey do you know who Russell Peters is or whatever it's like dude. Are you kidding me? I'm a comedian. Every like, it's like asking someone who plays hockey if they know who Wayne Gretzky is. Right. It's like I'm pretty sure everybody knows who's doing well in their field. You, you know, know what I mean? Like, do you, do you have a problem? Okay, this is this might be a little off subject. A no, little man. Bit, anything. But like- do you have a problem in in this community of uh, young comics? This is one of my biggest pet peeves, and, and uh, this this podcast is about to take a, a horrible turn. Hey, man. This gonna- is this is your podcast. I'm just hosting. One it. of my biggest pet peeves, right? is comedy clubs that are opening up and it's a business, right? right. They're, they're trying to get in the door and become an elite comedy club. I'm sure that's the goal for all startup comedy clubs. I just don't like comics who are not at the headliner level and they know they're not Okay, asking to headline these clubs. Mm-hmm. And what makes me even more mad is the clubs who headline these guys. Right. Who are, at, they're, they're at the, split middle level at best some of these guys okay right and there's nothing wrong with being ambitious but you got to be honest with yourself and i hate i just hate that like i hate when when comedy clubs do that can i give the audience a little context on that sure so just for example guys i think i've mentioned before that comedy is sort of about how much time you have right so when tricks is saying the split middle level we're talking about guys who maybe you have, have 10 minutes 10, 15 minutes at most you know and, and you know asking that to do a headline set that's like 45 and at the same time if you're headlining you shouldn't be oh i have 45 so i can do 45 you should have an hour so that if you have to adjust you've got stuff to pick and choose and you can sub in and, and out we all want our name on the door you know we all want to be harvey Specter, man <laughs> suits right reference okay but <laughs> i was gonna say i feel stupid we all want our name is. no we all want our name at the marquee we all want to we all want to be the star of the show i get it yeah. but like you, you you're not doing yourself any favors when it's time when you got to do 40 minutes and you don't have it right you make you know? the place you make you make the business look back because if you tell someone this is what a, a, a prime candidate for headlining you're, that's what you're telling the audience. Hey, but, I'm a headliner. Come see me. They watch and they go, yeah. well, I didn't I didn't enjoy it. Like that's that's always been being so close with Absolute Comedy since I started mm-hmm. is I've had an opportunity to learn the business side as well as the art side. You should learn and the I've, business side. Yeah. You well, because it is a business at the end of the day. And I've learned that 
that when you represent comedy in the mm-hmm. sense that like you're, you're telling an audience who doesn't know, they have to take you at your word. So now you're trying to put butts in chairs. If you tell them this is the best comedy show you're ever going to see, right. or or I'm a he- come see this super funny headliner guy. If you aren't ready to do that, mm-hmm. not only will you hurt yourself in the sense that people go, well, that guy wasn't funny, but you've actually told them that this is what a great stand-up comedy show is. And if they didn't enjoy it, that your hurts biz- the business. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That hurts Clubs, all of us. You got to do a better job of screening your, knowing your, your, your comedians, man. You, you can't, I get it. Like you, you open your doors and you want, you want to help your friends. Like, Cause some of these guys who open these clubs are comics. Right. Or some of the guys who are booking for some of these newer clubs are comics and they want to book their friends i get it you know right. but it's, that booking is like a token they can trade for yeah, something but you got to separate friends from from you got to separate friends from business man you have to because you got to think long term the problem with us comics and i'm guilty of it too sometimes we are short-term thinkers sometimes yeah it's some of us it's the guys who branch out and become long-term thinkers that that start to succeed and what i mean by that is you have to think of the future like you have to understand that if you're trying to lure people into your business right you need to provide the especially in your beginning stages you need to provide the best possible comedy show ever for these people so they can, they can go word of mouth and you got to see this come to this place on friday that i that i went to last friday oh the, it was hilarious this comedy club is so funny and so good <clears throat> but the, you don't need them having the impression of like guys who are at split level uh split middle level headlining and then people leave with this horrible show and you're like you're wondering why you can't get uh, people in the doors because you yeah. keep providing horrible, like you keep providing bad substance. You got to go, like I say, if you're opening at a club, <clears throat> go to the A rooms, not B rooms. Go to the A rooms and 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 learn how they do their ish and look who they book. You know, I know some A rooms. <laughs> no, it's true. But <laughs> no, I, know, I was just laughing. Are you pulling the punch on shit? Learn how they do their shit. You said ish. Uh, yeah, is that what that was? Sorry, I, that I, was I, like forgot, the, I forgot. I can say shit. <laughs> that was like the nineteen. Uh, <laughs> Or late nineties, early two thousands version of fucking censorship you know, ish in the fucking hip hop songs on the radio. No, but like think of like you know you if okay for example if I was to open a comedy club because I, I you know I've thought about doing it too like you know right. if I ever had the money of course I would open a comedy club but I'm going to the you know the rumors I'm going to to comedy mix I'm going to uh you know absolute and I'm going to like lap shop in Calgary and I'm and I'll even hit New York and just check out like certain comedy clubs on how they do things and and how things are run so that I can bring that kind of blueprint into my business right you know I'm 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 knowing comics before I want to know every comic so I know who who I book to do what and then I'm I'm also looking at combinations of comics, who I put together with what to make an incredible show. You know what I mean? And if I don't have those resources, then I shouldn't be in, I shouldn't be opening a club. It's just that simple. Right. So I I just get mad when I hear a story, and I'm not gonna name names, but I've heard stories. You know, people call me. I've had people call me like, "Hey, tricks, man. Yo, man, what do you think of this guy?" Yo, bookers call me sometimes. Okay, for a reference, yeah. Not just like, bookers okay, have called me, and like they'll be like, "Yo, uh, tricks, this is so and so from this club," and uh, I just want to pick your brain on something, man. Uh, this this comic keeps emailing me uh, to headline. Uh, do you know him? And I'm like, "Yeah, I know that comic." And I have this rule, right? And sometimes it may sound hypocritical as to what I'm saying. I don't like taking food out of people's mouths in the right. sense where it's like, don't make me the deciding factor of whether you're going to book this person. 
Okay. Don't do that to me. Like, don't be like, hey, man, should I book Josh Williams? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, he sucks. And then you don't get work? Like, that, <laughs> don't do that to me. So what Yeah, I, but you're standing, you're, you know what I, I do respect about that is the fact that your your policy of, you know, I, I, I don't think clubs should be booking people who aren't ready. Yeah. So it's not like, I, your intention, I think, is not to take food out of someone's mouth. No. But it's to hold fast to the whole, you need to vet somebody before they're in. And, and, and yeah. the truth of the matter is, we do need more people doing, saying yes and no. I, I just tell the truth. I go, look, this is what you do. I go, if it's a person, okay, for example, if I know it's a person, there's one person in particular they asked me about, which I, like I said, I'm not here to name names. That's fine. They were like, hey, uh, this person wants to headline. In my head, I knew this person wasn't ready to headline. Right, right. But I'm not going to be the guy who cost him work. So what I said was, you know what? Maybe you should watch him first. Yeah. That's what I say. I go, maybe you should have him middle, guest spot or middle right. first. Watch him, and you decide if you should headline. Right, and I think I think that's uh, the most honest answer because I'm still you're still giving him work. Mm-hmm. It may not be the work he necessarily wants. Right, and and to be honest, if he's a real comedian and he's and he's a real headliner, he should have no problem going in there and, and showing and proving. Yeah. yeah, he should have no because every club you have to do that. Like you can't just unless you are a Chappelle or Kevin Hart on that level, right. you can't expect to just waltz into clubs and headline. So if people have never seen you. Like my experience from Jason is people send Jason videos all the time. Of course and, they do. And he'll he'll look at it and go, this person sent me a 20-minute video and he'll laugh because he's not gonna like I don't know why people expect a booker to sit behind their computer and watch you for 20 oh, minutes. Oh, eight out of ten times they're not watching your video. They yeah. need to see you live. Yeah. And that's what I say. Like I the only time I've ever been booked to to headline and host whatever it is, is if someone saw me somewhere somewhere else mm-hmm. first. Like the clubs that I've done, they saw me at Absolute, worked with me, some of these these club owners, mm-hmm. and they were like, like you said, these guys are comics too. They right. worked with me, they saw it. So when I asked, they said yes. That's different. But the, but the whole yeah. fact of the matter stays the same. They have to have seen you. Right. No one's gonna go, I've never seen you before. But sure, unless you could, unless you get that reference or or somebody that they trust has but, told them. But even if you get vouched for, I feel like a real booker should still see you. Absolutely. You know, because, it, it, you know, I'll vouch for my friends, you know. So even even a vouch should encourage the booker to want to see you more. But yeah. I'm still not headlining you because even, I don't even care if Russell Peters called me and said, hey, this guy's amazing headliner. Okay. Right. That, Russell Peters is vouching for this guy. I'll watch him. Yeah, I'll watch him. Yeah, you vouched. Myself. You vouched for me to, to go and watch. Yeah, you vouch, didn't vouch yeah. for me to book him. You vouched for me to take the time. The vouch to actually gets give you a serious door. look. Yeah, yeah. The vouch got you in the door, yeah. and but I still need to see you. That's right. that's just. I think that's just good business. You, you know, like you can't just put somebody on your stage. Well, I had somebody ask me um, the the first club that I ever worked at outside of Absolute because I had my you know I didn't have to. to showcase for Jason to do the other clubs once they opened. Mm-hmm. So the first club that I did that was not uh in my regular home club rotation was the Comedy Nest. And Joey Elias took me there. He vouched for me, got me to come and, and be his feature act for a week. He's great. Um yeah, it was I was it was one of the, the one of the kindest things. And he's done a million things for me since. You kinda look like him. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> kinda look like him. Yeah. Well I uh the thing was once I got in with the nest and of course it changed ownerships after that but I I went in I did my thing I got to keep coming back. It's a great club. So oh it's it's phenomenal what uh, great what Dave and Phil have done is amazing there. Yep, great but club. uh one of the things I had somebody else asked afterwards say hey man can you can you vouch for me to come and do uh you know come and and middle there and I said no. I said I will I will vouch I will I will send a recommendation for you to go and maybe do opening spots, you know, get in front of them. I said, but I I go, this is not to hurt you. You're a friend of mine. I'm I, I too am not gonna name names. Mm-hmm. I said, but I will vouch for you to go and do an opening spot because mm-hmm. I know that you can do that. I will not say that you're ready to middle because I, I I don't believe it. 
And I said, here's the reason why it's not to hurt you. Well, the truth is we only have our word in this business. So if I start vouching for people that aren't ready to do things now, all of a sudden my word, and forget my, my vouch. If you start teaching people that when you say something, you don't mean it or it's not true or it's, you can't count on it. Vouchers have to be valuable. I'm 10 and 0 in vouchers. Yeah. Kenny Robinson's new show. I'm 10 and 0. Nice. 10 and 0. It's an undertaker streak. I'm I'm 10 and 0. (laughs) No. So when I vouch and I've had people, you're going to vouch for me? I'm like, nope. No. Yeah, and it's not a thing about being disrespectful. Don't take it personal. Yeah. Don't take it personal, man. But Kenny knows that when I vouch for somebody, yeah. that that person's That's the thing. Proper. As soon as you start diluting it with people who aren't exactly. ready. You know, every now and again, like I, I vouch for someone to, to do full middle at that same club. Mm-hmm. And I said, just if you could give him a, a showcase spot. And he went out and he did all new material. And I was standing in the back of the room. This was after the other person had asked me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a different time. I was standing in the back of the room going, like when he came outside, you go, I go, dude. What the fuck was that? Yep. I said, I don't have that problem. It didn't go well. It did not go well. And I go, dude, you are so much better than that. Why did you do all new material at a showcase spot to get into a club? And he's like, I don't know. It was, it was going well last week. I'm like, well, it probably went last week when you were comfortable. It wasn't important. I don't know. The point is, is just that I was kind of like, you know, man, uh, it, it, I would say it probably hurt me in the sense that the next person, I actually haven't recommended anyone to that club since. Just because of the fact that I'm like, well, the last time didn't go well, and I'm not really eager to to put another bullet in the chamber until yep. you know, I got till I know you like can pull said, the trigger. Kenny knows if I call him and go, hey man, I'm vouching for this guy, and then he knows. Yeah, Jason. Jason said, if you vouch for someone, they suck. I'll never book you again. <laughs> so I don't. I, I don't vouch. I don't. I don't do much vouching for absolute. Yeah, man. Well, I'm I'm having fun just trying to get in front of this. You. Uh, just we're getting uh, we just crossed the half hour mark, so I don't want to make everyone have to listen to too too much. Just yeah. since it's the first time format, this but, could be part one. <laughs> yeah, of our mini comedy that, one. That and I know that you have uh, somewhere you have to be shortly, so yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to keep you too too long. But um, do you have anything coming up that you want to uh, that you want to plug anything like that? I'm going to be working on a new album. Oh yeah, soon. yeah. New album's called Struggle Bear. Struggle Bear. Yeah. <laughs> So that's that's coming out. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't have a date for when it's coming out, but I'm gonna uh, we're gonna start recording it in July. So okay, that should be good. Do you know where you're planning? Are you gonna do that one spot? Or are you just gonna keep recording different different clubs? And we're, about we're, 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 we we've narrowed it down to two clubs where we want to we want to record it, yeah. whether it's Absolute or another club in Vegas. So Ooh. we'll see. We'll see where. Absolute's the front runner right now, but everybody, a lot of people record here. Not to toot the the horn of the club that I love, yeah. but but a lot of a lot of people have recorded. I fact, never recorded in Ottawa though, so if I do do it, it will be in Ottawa. Yeah, well, I uh, I'm gonna name him because he's a buddy, and he, I, I don't think he'd mind. I don't think he even listens. But uh, but Jesse Joyce, who like writes Jesse for Joyce, com- yeah, man, who writes for like Comedy Central roasts on at midnight all the time. Jesse recorded his album. Uh, I think it was called Pro Joyce. I could be wrong on the album name. That is one of his episodes or uh, albums. Uh, Jesse recorded in Ottawa and he said that they, they, he had to use the worst recording mm-hmm. because all of the other recordings, like he, I think he taped four shows. He yeah. said he had to use the worst show because all of the other ones, the crowds were so hot laughing so much that it sounded fake. He goes, it sounded wow. like it was a laugh track. So I had to <coughs> use my new to detail though. That's pretty. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. I was like, I was like, really? He goes, yeah, I had to use the worst, like the, like the worst show. Because so it sounds authentic. So it sounds authentic because everything, the, the room was so hot and so like into it that it sounded staged. I thought that was, that was a pretty glowing endorsement. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, well, that's cool. You got the album struggle bear. Yep. Uh, are you anywhere, uh, in Canada next? Anywhere where my potential listeners are here? I got a couple people in the States. Um, I got one person in Australia. I'll tell you what's coming up next. Bahamas, 
uh, good old Kingston. The sh- not not the, the, the shitty one. Not the. Is there two tropical in Kingston? One. Yeah, there's the tropical. Oh, one Kingston J A. Yeah, not that one. Um, <laughs> have uh, Wichita, Kansas coming up. Uh, OKC. Uh, Atlanta's coming up. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, like uh, in Vegas Kingston. is coming up too. Nice. So, uh, in, in terms of Canadian dates, well, you said Kingston. Are you going to be at Absolute Kingston? Yeah. yeah. When's that? Ottawa. Obviously, I'll be back here, and then uh, Toronto. Nice, buddy. Okay, well, those are coming up. You guys can check out Tricks AbsoluteComedy.ca on my Toronto, Kingston, Ottawa listeners. You guys can check out Tricks. Where can they find you on uh, on social media? Uh, on all foot porn websites. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I, you know, I had to. Sorry. That's funny. And and for those of you that are listening, don't think I'm poking fun at that. I'm just, you got to laugh at yourself sometimes. Um, you can find me, usually social media, like Comedian Tricks is my handle for everything. Like okay. Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. Okay, tricks sweet. With two, mixers, tricks with two X's, yeah. Yeah, you had that Trump video that went viral too, which is, so you guys, is right. that is that in your uh, Instagram? Can they still scroll yeah, down you through can, and you find can, that? There's a bunch of new ones too. Is there? Okay, I wicked. Just, I'm just glad I'm, not, I'm still allowed in America, man. <laughs> <laughs> that I still was want super Trump funny. to see that. Nope. Just don't don't ban me. Don't take Vegas away from me. That's great. Uh, so anyways, we'll do well, why don't we wrap there for the first time having just a, a little part guest one. bonus at part one. You're staying, are you here with us tonight? Tomorrow? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till everyone leaves so I can steal shit out of Simon's room. Nice. Nice. I think you just took <laughs> cool, buddy. Well, I'm thanks. afraid to see what I'll find down there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, dude, the, yeah, there's a lot. Don't go down there with a black light. Simon's it's gonna, room. It glows. He left again, by the way. Did he? Yeah, I thought he was gone the first time. So he when he leaves, I always look at the news to see if I can see what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any missing joggers or anything like that? Just see if anyone anyone's gone missing. And then Simon comes in with a like, you know, he's got to wash his hands. I'm Simon, like, okay. a little autistic Dexter who comes in. Where were you, Simon? <laughs> uh, I just had something to do. <laughs> three threes, but I can't. It. All right, buddy. Well, that was just me slagging on our roommate and our most beloved. We love you, Simon. Yeah, Asperger's don't, doorman. Don't, who works. don't kill me. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on, buddy. I'm going to play the little uh, the little outro here. Appreciate having you guys. Check out Tricks, high my five, super man. solid buddy. We're high, we're and uh, for real, by the way. We did. I'm sure you heard the echo in the background. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. Uh, if you enjoy, we'll try to do some more of these. 